Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. I am going to read two readings, and the first one is from Jeremiah 29, verses 10 through 13. Listen for God's word to us. For thus says the Lord, Only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me, if you seek me with all your heart. And the second reading is from Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 12. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you, and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the light. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our next scripture reading today comes from Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 9. Let us listen for the word of God. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you, so that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and teach them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise up. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. And write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this week has been an emotional week in our house. We packed Jacob up from his last visit home from college, and we took him to the airport and put him on an airplane for New York City. 
with lots of hugs and advice, we sent him on his way to his first job. We sent him to find his first apartment and to experience life after graduating from Davidson College. Now, if that wasn't emotional enough, on our way home, we get an email reminding us that this week is John Edwards' fifth grade transitional ceremony, where he'll be going from elementary school to middle school. And a whole new set of worries and advice began to fill my brain that day. It seems like we have reached that point in the year where we begin celebrating transitions. Facebook is flooded with the first day pictures compared to the last day pictures of school for children. They're flooded with memories and also anticipation of vacations and relaxation versus our everyday post of trials and tribulations of being a parent or an adult. It is that time of year where change is on our mind. And it got me to thinking about that cliché graduation gift. You know, you may have actually given this one a time or two. I have. I've given it as a baby gift. I've given it as a graduation gift. It's not money. It's the book, Oh, the Places You Will Go by Dr. Seuss. If you're not familiar with it, it's about a nameless who who is setting out on his or her own for adventures unknown. It goes a little like this. Congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places, you're off and away. You've got brains in your head, you've got feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own, you know what you know. You're the guy or gal who will decide where to go. You'll look up and down the streets, you'll look them over with care. And some you will say, I don't choose to go there. With all the head full of brains and shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down not any good street. And you may not find any that you want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there in the wide open air. Out there things happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsy as you. And when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew. Go right along, you'll start happening too. All the places you will go. As the book goes on, it hits those peaks and valleys that pop up in our own life. You know, those times of trial, the times of questioning, the times of just sitting still and waiting for whatever is to happen next. And throughout the book, we journey just the way we do in life, flying high on our accomplishments and sinking low on our failures or disappointments. However, the common thread is that no matter what happens, life is always about transitions. Whether it's backwards or forwards, life keeps moving and changing. Our graduates know something about this because their entire year has been about preparing for this transition in their life. From writing essays and taking the SAT to applying to college. And now that time is actually here for that transition to occur. Our scripture passage today was spoken to a group of people who knew all about transitions. 
It was spoken to the Israelites as they had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. That's 40 years of transitions. 40 years that they didn't have time to prepare for. However, our graduates, they have been prepared. And they have been preparing for this transition for a long time. And you have helped them. For at this baptismal font, water was splashed. And the word was proclaimed, saying that they were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were marked as Christ's own, and they were claimed. Here at this baptismal font, you made a covenant with God to be their surrogate aunts, uncles, and grandparents, and raise them in that faith with their parents. It was here on these steps that they spent many Sundays hearing stories about the Bible and people in the Bible. It's here that they learned about their faith, and they learned about the family of God here at First Presbyterian. And it was right here on Confirmation Day that you surrounded them in prayer as they claimed that faith for their own. You circled them in those prayer circles and lifted them in prayer. And every day since, you have continued to lift them in your prayers, living into that baptismal covenant to be there for them. And every day they have tried their best to live that faith, but still under the careful, watchful eyes of their parents and their grandparents, pastors and youth advisors, Sunday school teachers, and their mentors. It was here at this communion table throughout the years they have found nourishment and they have learned what it means to be the family of God, to share in this meal and then to go into the world serving God. And it was from this pulpit that they have heard many words of encouragement and challenge. And you too have got to, gotten to hear those words of encouragement and challenge because on many youth Sundays they have filled this pulpit and shared their own words with us. It's here in this church that they have laughed and they have cried, they have made memories and they have shared them with us all. All along they have heard our voices teaching them, telling them stories, encouraging them, and surrounding them in prayer. They've heard us, or at least we pray that they have heard our voices throughout these years. And now they set out on their own to go into the world and live those words. In their hearing of the word and our words, we hope that that same emotional connection is made for them, that the Israelites made when God spoke to them and said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord alone. You see, hearing is not the same as listening. In hearing, we are actually participating. We are intentionally taking the words in, and those words change us. When we listen to words, sometimes we just let them flow over us, and they never affect us or change us. When we listen, there's all kinds of things that we listen to. We listen to background music as we're shopping in the grocery store or the mall. 
We listen to a car outside as it drives by. We listen to the whirl of fans and air conditioning units in the summer. Those sounds don't change us, but when we hear, it requires us to take those sounds in and react. Sometimes the act of hearing can be called a language event. A language event occurs when something is spoken and heard and thus creates an emotional reaction. So let's think about Joe and Lois for a minute. 64 years ago, they were married. Now what would have happened if the first time Joe had said, I love you to Lois, she didn't really react the way he wanted her to. Now we are assured that she had an emotional reaction because this month they are celebrating their 64th anniversary. Now sometimes our language events don't turn out the way we expect them to. I have a friend, Crystal, and her daughter is a little older than Owen, and every time Lauren hears happy birthday song, she covers her ears and begins to scream, stop it, please stop it. It doesn't matter if you're singing happy birthday to her or we're in a restaurant and it's being sung to someone else. It creates an emotional reaction from Lauren. For our graduates, that language event this year is happening today. As we say congratulations to them, as we say we are proud of you, as we send them on their way. Those words change their lives. And the words found here in Deuteronomy changed the lives of the Israelites because it gave them purpose, it gave them direction. No longer were they wandering in the wilderness, they were being claimed as God's own, and they were being sent in the world to love God. Really and truly, the only thing we need to know how to live a God-bearing life is found right here in this passage. We must hear what God has to say to us, not listen, hear and accept God's words. And in hearing that, we are compelled to love God. And out of that love for God, we serve. This is a language event that changes us. So what is a God-bearing life? It is simply living a life out of gratitude for God, for the unconditional love that God has given us. It is letting that love dictate our thoughts and actions and everything that we say and do. Living a God-bearing life doesn't mean that we have to do extraordinary things with our lives. It means waking up each and every day, choosing to love God with our whole selves, and from that, serving God in whatever way God has called us to serve. The God-bearing life doesn't call us to individually save the world. That's already been done. The weight of the world is not on our shoulders. We are simply called to love God, not put extra stress and pressure upon ourselves. Here, we are asked to hear God's word, to hear God's claim upon our life, and in that claim, love God with our whole being, our whole self. It reminds me of that children's song, The Hokey Pokey. 
Now, if you know it, you can join in with me, choir, or you're better at singing than me. But you put your right arm in, you put your right arm out, you put your right arm in, then you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Yep, that's what it's all about. But here we're asked to put our whole selves in. And when we do, everything is shaken and turned about. And that's what it's all about. Loving God with our whole heart is earth-shaking, life-shaping. And it can turn everything upside down. And when we take our whole selves out, we take our whole selves out to serve God. We take our whole selves out as a way of bearing God in the world around us. Yes, it isn't easy to live this way. It sure sounds easy, but when we hear God's claim and we live it, it's a whole new adventure. So today as we leave here, no matter who we are, know that you are a beloved child of God. And hear these words anew. Hear, O children of God, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise up. In doing this, you are living the God-bearing life. Now, as you go to all those places that you will go, do so with your whole self. Thanks be to God. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.fpcah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.